Welcome back to 9to5Photographer, the podcast to help you get more shoots, make more money and spend more time doing the things you love. And today's episode is with Elise Marks. Now, if you don't know Elise, then honestly, you're missing out on something in your life. She's a photographer, corporate events, corporate headshots, weddings and families. She's always smiling and she's got a great outlook on life. But what are you going to get out of this episode? Well, she tells us how she started her business, what her USP is when she's shooting events and what her style of shooting is from a social interaction perspective. But also, as always, we're just talking. So it's a great way to listen in while you're walking or running or driving or quite possibly editing photos. So let's get into it right now with Elise Marks. Elise, thank you for being here and welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Thank you. I'm good. I'm good. It's nice to finally be getting to do this. We've tried a couple of times, haven't we? We have, but it's good that you're here. (laughs) Ah, thank you. So we're recording this on a Saturday. How does a Saturday normally look for you? A few years ago, I'd probably be shooting a wedding, um, but I don't do too many of those anymore, which I'm sure we'll get into. Um, So yeah, just try and relax at home or... Post-pandemic, hopefully see some friends if they're still Mm -hmm. around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we're all keen on seeing some friends and Mm. getting a bit of life back to normal again, aren't we? I think so. I think so. It's it's just so it's so heartwarming to to feel things coming back, and uh, obviously socially that's important as well. But work-wise, things are starting to come back and. I'm hoping in sort of six months or so, I might stop bursting into tears every time I get an inquiry come through. But, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool at the moment. It's really kind of reaffirmed um, how much I love what I do and how much mm. I love having my own business, you know, because for a while back there, I was thinking, well, you know, I might have to pivot. I might have to change what I do. And mm-hmm. I would have done that. Um, I would have got on with it. But it seems, fingers crossed, like things are, are coming back now. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I think a lot of people listening to this right now will uh, empathise with how you're feeling on that because they've gone through exactly the same thing. They're probably feeling exactly the same thing every time they get a booking right now as well. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And I mean, this whole year I've been thinking to myself, I really have to focus on my marketing. I have to plan ahead. And actually, I've I've been quite lax on it um so it's really nice to know that like past clients are coming back and people who I've already worked with are recommending me as well so Mm, it kind mm. of takes the pressure off of Mm. that um that hamster wheel that we all feel like we have to be putting ourselves out there and doing stuff but I guess that comes you know 10 well maybe 14 years down the line since I picked (laughs) up a camera for the first time but 10 Mm. or 11 years since I was in business for myself Mm -hmm. um yeah, that's one of one of the advantages. If you if you can keep on, keep at it, keep going, then you've got that client base, and it's nice that they they're starting to come back. Mm-hmm. So, Elise, can you give us a little breakdown as to where in the country you live and uh, how long you've been doing photography for? What your life situation is right now? Uh, sure, I live in Essex. Um, I used to live in the part of Essex. I grew up in the part of Essex that is on the Central Line, mm-hmm. um, and then my fiance Rich and I uh, bought a house a bit further out into Essex in a place called Old Harlow. Okay, um, that's off the Central Line by then, isn't isn't it? Well, yeah, way off, way off. But you know, I've survived. I've, there is life yeah. beyond the Central Line. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, we bought this house about three and a half years ago. Um, and yeah, very happily living here. Very nice. Um, I had to get used to the uh, the two trains an hour instead of a train every two minutes from the Central <laughs> yeah. Line. Yeah. But um, but you know we can get into Liverpool Street in forty minutes 
Mm. So it's really, it's not a hardship. The travel's more expensive, but yeah, it's still still accessible. And a lot of my work is in London. So we wanted to make sure that, that we could still get into town. Had an easy route in. And yeah. I guess you get, you get a yeah. lot more for your money accommodation-wise if you're slightly further out, do you? Yeah, you do. I always think, you know, 30, 40 years down the line, you've probably paid the same as if you could afford to buy a house closer into town. So you either pay right. it upfront if you can afford it, which we couldn't, um, yeah. or you pay it over the years in travel. Okay, so give us a quick breakdown of the photography that you do, you know, whether it's weddings or corporate or family photography. What do you mainly entertain yourself doing? Well, I am a little bit of a jack of all trades. Let's not finish that that phrase. Okay. Um, right. So I I do lots of different things, mainly... Before the pandemic, I would do uh, mainly corporate events and mm-hmm. headshots okay. for business people, for companies, for individuals. Mm-hmm. And then I also do um, weddings, kids and families, newborns, any mm-hmm. kind of party or celebration like a, a bar mitzvah or a bat mitzvah. Um, so just anything with people, basically. I'm, I'm a people person. I'm a people photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, landscapes and that sort of thing. Not really my bag. No. Um, but you know shove a shove a person in the frame and I'm happy (laughs) you say landscapes and whatnot not your bag is that because you get a bit bored of your own company or you just like the interaction with lots of other people yeah I think what drew me to photography is people and making memories for people and things like that so yeah I've never really gone down the route of landscape photography Mm. I mean I do a little bit you know I do sort of establishing shots at a wedding or an event or whatever or some some kind of architectural stuff but you don't travel up to the lake district for a for a weekend of photography no no i travel for a weekend of hiking up a mountain or two but um Mm. yeah i probably wouldn't take my cameras not now i used Mm. i used to when i first started out i took my cameras everywhere and Mm -hmm. then it got to the point where where people were like can you be a guest rather than taking pictures (laughs) um which i was offended by at the time but actually now you know i really appreciate that they did that i mean that was that in particular was my friend who was a bridesmaid for so (laughs) she wanted me to be a bridesmaid not a photographer See, Um, it's nice it being that way around though as opposed to friends mm. saying can you come along and can you bring your camera which is you know, yeah. quite often what happens yeah. when people are starting out back in the early days yeah and and absolutely that did happen to me a lot and I loved it you know that's the more you shoot the more you learn the more experience you get so mm. th- those experiences are invaluable but sometimes it gets to the point where you you realize you want to have memories and and a laugh as well yeah. Yeah. as well yeah. but I do I do like having my camera with me and i I find yeah like during a wedding you know I'll get I'll try and get involved and it it helps relax people and I'll on the dance floor you know I'll be dancing with people but with my camera and I'll just quickly Mm. sort of raise it up and take a shot of someone having fun Mm. um so yeah I kind of I, I kind of hide behind it a little bit sometimes but now these these quite a few years on I I like to make sure that I'm having my own my own memories and my own fun as well Mm, um mm. and I've always got the phone on my camera um best best camera is the one you've got with you so that's what they say the one in your pocket yeah and we've always got that in our pocket (laughs) and you said that before covid there was mainly it was mainly corporate events and corporate sort of headshots and you touched on a few other things it kind of sounded like you were about to say it's a little bit different now is that right well yes yeah um I'm guessing events will start to come back um 
but maybe not for six months or nine mm. months or something like that. Um, I know that everyone in the events industry is super keen to get back to it. Yeah, not but, surprised. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's going to be different. It's, it's definitely going to be different to how it was. Mm. You know, I looked back at um, in one of my days of activity during lockdown, which were, uh, there were a few, but, you know, I also got a chance to relax as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a little look at my events gallery and it's really interesting looking back at a gallery that served me really well in the past, mm-hmm. but with this kind of pandemic, uh, these pandemic glasses on, yeah. shall we say, everything looked a little bit too busy, too many people. And I, and I had to sort of break it up with some architectural imagery, some shot, individual shots, just to give people a little bit of space. Uh, there were just so many people in each frame. And mm. that was really how I shot, you know, that's what I'm about, like the fun and the context of lots of people. Um, mm. But yeah, I had to take another little look at that because it felt really uncomfortable. So do you mean through your eyes, it felt uncomfortable or your potential client's eyes? Are you trying to imagine it through their eyes and them feeling yeah. like, like it's a bit uncomfortable because there's lots of people there? Yeah, both, I guess. I think we're going to have to adapt how we do things. You know, a lot of what I did before was drinks at networking hours before, I don't know, presentations or whatever it was. Right. Um, and there were lots of people, lots of sort of shaking hands and touching. And mm-hmm. and, I, and I think it's going to be different after this mm. for a while anyway. Yeah, it does feel just the concept of shaking someone's hand now feels a bit strange. But yeah. but also just being in close proximity. I can imagine these, you mm. know, pre, pre-speech events, pre-dinner events where, you know, you get lots of people squashed in. We all know what it feels like when you're weaving your way in between people. You're holding your camera sort of, mm. you know, at shoulder height so people can see you got a camera so they don't <laughs> knock it out of your hand um, but equally yeah. you want to you want to remain inconspicuous so they can't see you so you get the over the shoulder shots everyone is squashed in <laughs> feels very alien now doesn't it definitely and I'm thinking of one event in particular that I shoot well shot every year I think I've done about four or five years at the mm-hmm. Natural History Museum it's oh, an yeah. awards ceremony for mm-hmm. um for one of my clients and mm-hmm. they've got this um this area where they used to I'm assuming they'll have to find a different area for this they used to do like the pre-dinner drinks Mm pre-awards drinks and uh, I mean you were shoulder to shoulder with everyone everyone it was it was so so tight you know I'd have like my um 17 to 200 or you know 14 to oh hold on what is it 14 to 24 (laughs) it's been a while since I've used it um on and you know that was just sort of do whatever I could basically there were so many people yeah yeah but do you think that that those kind of events, okay, right now feel really alien, but, you know, maybe in six months time, maybe not six months, maybe 12 months, maybe 24 mm. months time, do you think we'll, do you think civilization will revert back to, you know, being squashed in or do you think we're permanently scarred by this now? I think it will head towards being squashed in again because I, mm. it's just human nature to want to connect with people and... Mm. Yeah, I, I, do, I do think that we'll get back to it. But yeah, it's going to be a little while. And I'm mm. okay with that as well. Because, you know, we, we want to stay safe mm. as people, even though we're photographers, you've got to get the shot, you know, it's not worth risking a mm. death. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so tell me a little bit about your background, then what your first sort of, you know, well, how you got into photography, and maybe what work you were doing before you were a photographer. If, if you didn't go straight into it? Yeah, so I um, I did a drama degree at Goldsmiths. Okay. Um, and my my plan 
my vague plan, I didn't really know how I was going to do it, was to be an actress. Um, so after uni, I, I was temping in various different offices and different roles, really, just kind of keeping things going mm-hmm. and going on auditions when they came up. And I also was part of a, an agency, a co-op agency, which means it's run by the actors who are on the books. Okay. So I'd do that one day a week and I'd temp and um, just sort of get by, really. And nothing was really happening with the acting. I, it was, I loved it when I was training and when I was young, mm. I absolutely loved it. And I, I really thought that's what I wanted to do. But the reality of the industry was just, it was horrible. It was just my fate in other people's hands you know if you get Mm. success fairly early on then I think it can be amazing and you know I I love I love going to the theatre still I love you know watching amazing like films and tv Mm -hmm. um but after a while I happened to buy a decent camera and I started to do um actors headshots for some of my friends the other people who were on the agency the other actors okay um and you know I'd met loads of actors over the years so I'd do headshots for them um and then I also started doing theatre photography Mm -hmm. um so I'd go to play rehearsals and I'd take pictures for them then I started going to comedy nights and um live music events and just I didn't know what I was doing (laughs) you know I was just kind of playing really it was just really fun to have this new interest and I Mm. I just sort of thought "Mm, this is this is fun maybe I should start charging for headshots start charging for theatre photography Mm -hmm. yeah and the theatre photography was an amazing um, place to learn the ropes because um it's usually really low light so you have to kind of work on the fly um to change Mm -hmm. your settings Mm -hmm. um low light and also really changeable and kind of work out what shapes work best and Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing um yeah, and then I kind of realised there's not too much money in in this, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I started to do engagement parties and birthday parties, and just 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 carried on like that really. And eventually, you know, four, fourteen years down the line, mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm here, and I've got my own photography business, and love working for myself, absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. And I don't miss I don't miss um, the path that I wanted to be on the acting at all. Oh, in good. fact, I. Yeah. Yeah, I, I see stuff now and, you know, I, I appreciate it, but I'm, photography is like the perfect balance of, I, I love that what I, what I shoot is kind of tangible so I can show it to people mm-hmm. with acting. I mean, I never got any TV work. I did a couple of short films, but it's really difficult for me to kind of hold on to anything afterwards. Um, mm. But I love that about photography. And actually, I, I, lo- I kind of like a, a bit of the anonymity as well. I thought okay. I needed to be in the spotlight to be happy. But actually, being creative and having something to show for it, I really like that. Yeah, the anonymity is interesting, isn't it? Because when you're a photographer, you really are. You know, you can go along and to some of these events and photograph people. And even if you're in the thick of the action with these people, you know, by, by definition, you're going to have a camera in front of your face for a, for a large part of the event. And mm. you know, by, by the end of it, people will remember the event. They'll remember each other. They might remember the photographer, but chances <laughs> are they probably won't unless you've done something really bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I find um, it sounds a bit it sounds a bit weird to say this, but I find one of the biggest bits of feedback that I get personally is, oh, everyone loved you. You were so you were great. You were so friendly because a huge part of my shtick is, you know, I'm always there smiling. I'm always there ready to, to help someone. If someone's standing on their own, I'll go and talk to them, make them feel comfortable. Mm. And I, I think that ability in me um, has really helped 
with my business and helped me to retain mm. the clients because you can take an amazing picture for someone, but if you weren't very nice to them or they or they were uncomfortable with you, mm. then they're not yeah. going to use you again. No, exactly. Um, that sort of thing, ten, it does come naturally to me. My mum is is a chatterbox. She'll talk to anyone. So um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've I've used that part of my personality, I think, to my advantage. Do you think, and this might sound like a bit of a loaded question, probably because it is, <laughs> but do you think that a lot of photographers tend to focus too much on how to improve their shooting technique as opposed to their social skills when they're shooting? Um, yes, I think so. I think it depends on each individual, really, because some people do mm. come at it from more of a, a technical side. And just for, as an example, you know, having an individual headshot taken can be a mm -hmm. really awkward and uncomfortable experience for a lot of people and mm. in the past I've seen people really focused on getting the lighting correct and you know working everything out or looking at the camera and being you know upset with what's on the cap what they've yeah. shot but yeah. actually it's about the lighting and not the person yeah but um, of course they think it's about so them I, they think it's about how they look they're yeah. not thinking about the lighting absolutely absolutely mm. so I really um I I mean, I'm comfortable now with, with the way I light headshots and, you know, be it natural or, or studio. Um, but yeah, I, I always made that, I made a real point of um, trying to put people at ease and making them feel comfortable. And even if I'm looking at the back of the camera and I'm thinking, oh God, oh God, these are mm. terrible. You know, yeah. I'm smiling. Oh, great, great. Okay, let's try another few things. And mm -hmm. yeah, it's, um, it's, definitely, it's definitely something that I focus on. Um, mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that I'm, my technical skills are incredible. They're, they're, you know, above average, mm -hmm. but I think my people skills are, are good. It sounds really up myself to say that. But... <laughs> no, no, I, I know, I know exactly what you mean. Uh, I remember one time someone telling me, someone whose photograph I was taking a headshot and she told me that a previous photographer was taking her headshot and he took the first picture and looked on the back of the camera and said, oh, no, we can do a lot better than that. And so she felt really self-conscious immediately. Oh, no. And then he took another picture and then said, mm, no, and then took another picture and then out loud was saying, mm, no, took a fourth picture and then ended the shoot by saying, mm, we're going to go back to the first one and use that one in instead. And of course, oh, you know, from God. her point of view, she felt awful. Now, she was telling me this story and she was mm. laughing about it. But even if someone's laughing about it outside, they're still going to feel a bit hurt on the inside because... You know, I imagine that he was just looking at the lighting and that kind of thing. But the way that she took it was yeah. that it was all about her. You know, I remember when I was first doing actors headshots, maybe I, I was a year and a half in or something like that. Mm. And um, someone had got in touch about headshots and she wanted to meet beforehand okay. um, to talk it through with me. You know, it's fine. I, I was doing anything at that time to kind of to shoot. Yeah. So yeah. went and met with her and she was telling me about what a horrendous experience she'd had with another headshot photographer mm. um, to the point where even though the, you know, she showed me the pictures and I, I said, oh, I think I think these are quite nice. You know, I think they look like you. She said, I just can't look at them. The experience of the shoot was so horrible. Oh, no. I, it just it. She, she was close to tears you know it made mm. her feel so awful mm. um I think it was innately in me anyway to try and make people feel comfortable for, but that really pushed me over to to wanting to focus on that and making people feel relaxed and happy mm. yeah. and it just enjoy the shoot it's a it's yeah. a weird thing having your picture taken mm. it's really mm. weird yeah I often think that photographers should 
from time to time hire other or just get together with other photographers yeah. and you take each other's photo to remind yourself what it's like to be on the other side of the camera yeah know? definitely it can be quite easy to be on our side of the camera and say oh just do that mm. and but you forget how they're feeling don't you and I often remind people, oh, I say, oh, I know how you feel. I, I, I'm all right today because I'm behind the camera. But oh, God, you know, and I hmm. sort of try and I play it up a little bit, I guess. But yeah, but lots of empathy. And, and, and they know that you can imagine how they're feeling. So, yeah, absolutely. And early on and in my 20s, you know, I was I was really concerned with how I looked. And, you know, I still am to to a certain degree, but definitely not as bad as I was then. But I look back on all these pictures from my 20s actually earlier than my 20s like sort of late teens early 20s and mm-hmm. I'm doing this in every picture okay right I look miserable I yeah. look miserable Smile, but you're thinking that cares? that's the I'm right thing about. to do yeah because I was I you know didn't like how my mouth went when I smiled but then what, what am I gonna do never ever have fun just enjoy yeah. yourself yeah and yeah. then if there's a decent photographer they'll they will make you look good they won't show you the ones where you're blinking and where you've got a double chin so just tell me about some of the early business mistakes you made in your own business when you were starting out. Can you think back to anything that you did that you now think hmm, that was that was not the right. I'm glad I did it because I learned from it, but I learned what not mm. to do. Yeah, um, I think for a long time because of how I got into it, which was just picked up a camera, just started rolling with it and learned from people I met and learned as I went along. I felt like there was something missing and I thought, what are the people going on the courses learning that I'm not learning? Hmm. I thought there must be some magic ingredient to it. Hmm. So after a couple of years, I signed up to a course at City Lit. And it was headshots and theatre, I think, which is what I'd been doing for years. And I only went to three of the classes because I was, well, first of all, I was such a goody two-shoes. Every question the guy was asking, I was like, I know, I know, (laughs) because I'd been learning on the job. (laughs) And I just realised, oh, actually, no, there isn't a magical secret Mm -hmm. I've learned what I need to know the three different things that I need to change on the camera Mm -hmm. and the rest is just kind of creative license and Mm. working out shapes and things like that so Mm. um that that was really really helpful for me of course training and workshops can be absolutely vital and Mm. um one in particular that really affected me was I I went to snap photography festival which um I don't think is is on at the moment mm-hmm. um it might be coming back in a different guise I think but there I met so many people who were in exactly the same position as me some doing better some just starting out mm-hmm. but just the most wonderful supportive and loving community um it sounds a bit hippy dippy now but mm-hmm. just being around those people and we all stayed in touch through Facebook and you know we all support each other and mm. if we've got questions or um or something comes up that panics us we can go and um, go and ask there. So training definitely has its place, mm-hmm. but there might not be a magical secret that, that you're missing out on. Mm-hmm. You just have to get out there and just practice. Um, I think another thing that, um, that people do is, and I see this a lot um, with, with people who are just starting out. Mm-hmm. It's just, maybe it's just a personal preference. I don't know. But I see a lot of, like extreme close-ups of people at at events so it's just one person in the frame and um and I get it because it looks cool on the camera Mm. when you're used to an a a phone camera or old Mm -hmm. snapshots but actually for me what what is fun about photography and about 
a picture is the story of what's happening and if it's just mm. one individual you can't see the context you can't see who they're talking to and mm. you know what the facial expressions are or what's happening around them um so yeah that's an, that's another thing that i that i think shows a little bit more experience if you just come back a little bit and, yeah, and take yeah. in what's happening i can i can remember myself i think one of my first long lenses was a canon 75 to 300 it was a plastic lens. Yeah, it wasn't very good, actually. I just yeah. used to shoot everything at 300. And I think mm. that was, we're going back here, that was on a 300D camera. So that was on a crop sensor, so times 300 by 1.6. That's like 480 <laughs> mil. I mean, <laughs> I was right up people's noses. I thought that was cool, <laughs> yeah. but definitely wasn't. Well, and also it's a way of, of getting a, a shot of, a nice shot of someone, but not having to approach the person. Yeah. And actually... You know, as I've said before, mm. being around people and helping to relax them and make them feel comfortable is, is I think, one Part of my of what you do. one of my strengths. Mm. So mm. Um, I like to be close to people. I'm I'm on the twenty four. Right, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I'm really close. Excellent. Uh, now, at least two things that, that that you said. One thing you said was, uh, uh, hang on, I wrote this down. You, you wrote, "The more you shoot, the more you learn." And you also said mm. about 10 minutes later, sometimes you've just got to get out there and practice. It sounds to me like you're much more about learning as you shoot and just putting yourself out there instead of, I don't, I don't want to say hiding behind YouTube and learning from YouTube, but a friend of mine who's a budding photographer said to me one time that he spends far too much time, he recognised that he spends far too much time learning on YouTube when actually he's procrastinating and he doesn't want to just get mm. out there and do it. What would you say to someone like him who's maybe just a bit fearful of getting out there and is hanging on to YouTube videos a bit too much I'd say it depends where you want to take it I mean if you if your goal is to become a technically proficient photographer mm -hmm. then then you know do all the learning in your bedroom you want if your goal is to run a business and meet people and make memories for people you're gonna to have to get out at some time and it's not as scary as you think it is. It's really not, especially as as we said before, you know, you've got the camera to hide behind. It's kind of, you can kind of go back into the background if, if you do ask someone if you can take their picture and they say no, oh, okay, we're well, never going to see them again. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. um, I always think these things seem more difficult than they are. If you just mm -hmm. get out there and do it, then you can, you can progress a bit further. But if if you're enjoying that and you're happy doing other work or whatever it's um yeah you don't have to awesome now one of the things yeah. i was keen on talking to you about is the facebook group the corporate photography facebook group tell us a bit more about that where it came from and what the members of that group can learn from each other so the idea for corporate photography community uk mm -hmm. <laughs> very inventive name but you know it does what it says on the tin does it absolutely um, yeah, well, it does. Um, it came from uh, from the other community that I was part of, which was Snap Photography Community. Okay. And that one is um, focused on weddings. Mm -hmm. So at the time when I went there, I thought that might be what, what I wanted to focus on. I guess I wasn't as confident as I wanted to be in shooting weddings. So mm -hmm. um, in fact, I was left some money by um, by a great aunt who, who passed away um, and that paid for the course. So I don't know if I would have gone apart from that right. um it felt like quite a big outlay but actually oh, i mean it's just been it's been amazing being part of that community i've got mm. some of my closest friends um from that anyway i was focusing more on the corporate work because 
I just really like it. The money's good. You get repeat clients. The people mm-hmm. are nice. Um, feels like a little bit less pressure than something like a wedding day. Mm-hmm. But I found on social media, there wasn't as nice a group as as sort of supportive and friendly and welcoming a group okay. um, in the corporate world. Right. Um, uh, I couldn't find one anyway. So I just decided to start one. Hmm. And, um, you know, we've got a rule in the group. Don't don't be nasty. Let's say mm-hmm. that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's say it like that. Um, I think sometimes sometimes people are keen to help and they're keen to comment, but they don't always um, think about the tone that they say things in or the fact that not everyone's at the same level as them in shooting mm-hmm. ability or experience. Um and so I wanted to make sure that the group was a comfortable, safe place for people of of all levels mm. to ask questions, ask for support, ask for help. And I also had found that from the um, from the other community I was in, that, that support was just it was it was it was so needed because when you run your own business, it is just you on your own, but Mm. actually emergencies do happen and things do happen. I remember one example, I was on my way to shoot a Christmas party and there were no trains. I just could not get into town, Mm. called up a couple of my photography friends and I sent someone in my place. You know, it it was that it was a way for, if you're in a pickle and you need help, we're all in it together and we can help each other. Mm. Um, plus, you know, I was keen to maybe be a bit more known amongst my peers and, um, yeah, we, we, we give each other referrals and yeah, having set up the group and being in there and telling people be nice and, you know, making sure that it's all nice means that people know who I am. And if I fancy one of the referrals, I will usually get sent, um, sounds really bad. (laughs) It's not the main reason I set up the group, but you know, it does, it does help. You mentioned that, of course, you don't want people to be nasty at all, and that's all good. Mm. And you mentioned that people can post sort of referrals and that kind of thing uh, and ask for help as well. But what can people do to contribute in a positive way proactively? You know, how can people, you know, really help you and the group and help the other members in the group? I think just taking part, really. If you have been shooting a while or you've been shooting for one day and you want to find out a little bit more about um, corporate work, and there's a huge range of corporate work Mm. there's um interiors and products and there's people in the group who've got experience of all of them some people are fantastic at lighting I'm so jealous they're amazing some people do more events and headshots like me I think in terms of helping it's about helping yourself by getting involved and answering questions if someone asks oh what what I don't know what memory card do you need or oh Mm. I found a link for um a cheap light stand and sending that through just just feeling like you're part of a community Mm. I think is really helpful do you think imposter syndrome might hold some people back you know I'm just thinking if someone asked a question someone else might think oh I know the answer to that but then might think to themselves well I think I know the answer but what if I get shot down by someone else because I'm giving the wrong answer on that Mm. And I, I've found in, and look, it still happens in our group every now and then. Mm. Well, I try and nip it in the bud quite quickly. Um, but I've, I found a lot of the other groups quite intimidating. There were a lot of um, older gentlemen, shall we say, who've okay. been mm-hmm. in the business for a very long time. Mm-hmm. They do know what they're doing. You know, I've got no doubt of, about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but their way of phrasing responses or, or offering knowledge mm-hmm. um is not 
kind and yeah like you say imposter syndrome it I don't know I just wanted everyone to feel welcome and comfortable and to know that even that person who might be talking to you in a way that they haven't fully thought through Mm. they started somewhere as well Mm. they didn't they weren't born knowing everything about Mm. how to take a picture or how to work with people every Mm. question is valid and every question is welcome Mm. um and I always make sure if there is a little bit of a ding dong in the group to message that person who posted and say are you okay you know that wasn't all right of them that's not how we do things in our group Mm -hmm. um and I feel like currently anyway we've managed to weed out the bad apples or at least you know wrap them on the knuckles so they they do that in other groups and not in mine yeah yeah i love the phrase ding dong i'm gonna i'm gonna remember that now if there's ever a little bit of a ding dong uh, i'll remember that one um let's jump back to your events that you shot in the past ignoring covid for a second Mm. what have been some of the most fun venues or fun events that you've ever shot Hmm. well I wouldn't, not an event, but I never like to miss an opportunity to tell people about the day that I spent with George Clooney. Oh, okay. Right. Let's have it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so George, George, me and George, yeah. um, George Clooney runs, a, has a foundation which um, fights corruption in South Sudan. Okay. One of my clients is a, a big PR company mm-hmm. and they were looking for a photographer. I've worked with them lot, lots of times, so they kind of recommend me um, mm-hmm. from department to department and they were looking for someone to follow George, <laughs> George um, <laughs> around as he spoke to some important people about the, the um, foundation and mm-hmm. did a press conference and then some interviews with the BBC. So yeah, it was fantastic. I, um, I, sp- I spent the day with him and 20 other people, but you know, okay. <laughs> he was the highlight. And I, I also, um, they wanted the pictures quite quickly. So I, from the group, actually, um, from the corporate photography community, UK, um, got someone that who I hadn't worked with before um, mm-hmm. to come and edit for me during the day. So she was with me the whole time and I just gave her the memory cards every, you know, half an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that was, it was really fun, really nice day. Mm. He was oh, so charming, so <laughs> yeah. charming. Yeah, yeah. But generally, you know, I, obviously I dine out on that story, but... Um, <laughs> I just, I love being around people, anyone, you know, I have shot some famous people, but some of my, some of the most amazing things I've done have been like incredible weddings and celebrations and I don't know, staff, jolly, you know, days away, um, Mm, mm. have been fantastic. Just, just being around people, relaxing and enjoying themselves. That's, that's my main, my main joy, I think whatever the venue <laughs> so some of these amazing events when i say amazing i don't mean necessarily grand or in the fanciest place but you know mm. like, like you're talking about do you find that you, yeah, you yeah. sometimes get you know slightly emotional at events like that oh hugely mm. i'm always crying you know yeah. at a wedding <laughs> i mean so many times i'll be like watching the father of the bride speech or one of the speeches just yeah. sobbing yeah. and in fact to the point where People were hand me tissues and I said, do you know, do you know the bride? Do you know the bride and groom? Oh. I said, no, I've just met them today. <laughs> but I guess that's just that thing in me, which is about people and connection and emotion. You know, I'm always, mm. I'm always kind of <laughs> about ready to burst into tears, <laughs> to be honest. But yeah, it's, um, I think it's part of, part of that people thing, part mm. of what helps me um, to connect with people. And how do you handle things? Uh, it's a bit of a personal question now. How do you handle things if you've Sorry? come back from an amazing event like that 
and Rich, your other half, is in, and maybe he's had a, a lousy day, and you two are on completely different levels. How, how do you sort of match that between the pair of you? I don't know. It feels to me like it's just enough to know that there are those lovely moments in the world. You know, mm-hmm. every relationship has ups and downs. I, sometimes if I've been to a lovely wedding, I'll, I'll come back and I'll be like, oh, it's so amazing. They love each other so much. Their families, you know, oh, it's just so wonderful. And then I'll come in, as you say, he's in a grump, but, you know, he's he hasn't had a good day and I have. There's days when I've had a bad day and he's had a good day. So, yeah, yeah. you know, we, we balance it out like that. Awesome. It's not... It's not my real life. It's just something joyful that I get to be a part of. And I think that's really special. It, I've really, I've missed that so much mm. I, this mm. past year. I always knew I loved my job, but mm-hmm. oh, this past year has just, just made that so much clearer in my, in my mind. I love being at, at parties and celebrations and, mm. you know, um, yeah, it's just brilliant. I love it. Interesting how you phrase that. It's not your real life, almost like you're jumping into other people's key moments in their Mm. lives. But surely if you put all those together, then actually it is your life. These might not be your events, but that is that that is your life by definition, surely. Yeah, it is. I feel really lucky to have to have that be a part of my life. Mm. Um, Mm. It is special. Mm. It it is weird because I mainly do um, corporate work. Mm. (laughs) But, you know, it's all it's all. A nice day out for people it's different yeah. it's away from your desk you know you're celebrating with your colleagues or you're having a headshot done it's it's yeah. different from the norm um I just like being around people yeah yeah or even if they are at the desk if you're doing a headshot and they're at their desk you've changed mm. their environment by being there and taking their picture and you know yeah it's a bit of an exciting different thing mm. happening yeah. yeah um yeah it's cool all right, let's put the camera down for a second. Give me three things that you're into right now. Nothing at all to do with photography. Um, my garden. A garden, okay. We moved in here three, three and a half years ago. Right. and um, And the garden was beautiful, so mm. immaculate. The previous owners had just, oh, it was absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And then I did nothing for like two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, so during lockdown, I made it my mission to kind of clear it and it took six weeks or something oh no way um yeah but as it turns out gardening is a constant Mm -hmm. um thing in your life and you Mm. need to maintain it so yeah I I love going out in the garden just put a podcast on um get my gloves on and my Mm -hmm. and my uh oh god I don't even know what it's called my digging (laughs) tool and get the get the weeds up um it's really nice to get away from screens for a little bit otherwise Mm. I find I just sit sit at my desk it's nice to be out in nature Mm. so I'd say my garden number number one um number two Rich and I have been going to taekwondo classes for about five years. Oh, check you out. Right. Yeah, yeah. We love it. And we've we've managed to keep doing it during lockdown, um, just through Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe in a few months we'll be end up going back to the hall. But yeah, re- taekwondo. We've just started doing nunchucks as well. Okay, so right. like, you know, it's really good, really fun. Um <laughs> <laughs> and then three, it's taken a little while for me to get into any video games. Um mm-hmm. my my fiance is a video games journalist. Okay. So we have every single game mm-hmm. in the house that you could possibly want, every single genre, because he has to review them. And, oh, I see. Um, right. He's got yeah. collections from when he was younger. Right. Um, but we've been playing. We've been playing together a game called It Takes Two, mm-hmm. which is really fun. Really, really fun. I mean, I'm not very good at it, but <laughs> yeah. Um, and then another game called Overcooked with my friend Keris. Okay. 
whilst we've both been in lockdown and not wanting to see people mm-hmm. and so we can play that online against each get with each other I should say okay, not against right. each other yeah um so yeah not the most um you know wild games that I don't think we've ever had gardening taekwondo and and gaming on that so three, <laughs> Wonder three what good answers say. awesome uh well look we need to bring this to a close in a minute but at least for anyone who's heard anything maybe wants to follow you on social media what's the best way for them to check you out on instagram I guess yeah instagram um on instagram i've got two instagram handles for my photography i've got elise marks photography that's e-l-y-s-e-m-a-r-k-s photography okay um that's where i show weddings and celebrations and newborns and children (laughs) and elise marks imaging is where i post my corporate events and headshots and that sort of thing all right elise marks imaging and that's on instagram as well perfect yeah great stuff Well, Elise, thank you for your time. Thanks for coming on the podcast. It's been great talking to you. Great hearing about your experience in the photography world. Thank you for sharing all of that with us today. Oh, thanks, Simon. Nice to chat. And that was Elise Marks. Isn't she lovely? I really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode at least half as much as we enjoyed recording it because we had a blast. Thank you, Elise, for coming on to this episode. I know you'll be listening in right now, so I really appreciate your time talking about photography and just having some fun. Don't forget, you can follow Elise online and see her work by checking out her Instagram accounts. They're Elise Marks Photography for weddings and Elise Marks Imaging for the corporate side. Or to really connect with her and her community, then check out Corporate Photography Community UK on Facebook. It's got 1,600 members, which I think is a bit of a sweet spot. Lots of people who can help, but not so many people that you get 100 different opinions, something that can actually lead to more confusion. Now, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't followed the channel yet, then go and do it now, because it just means that each time a new episode is released, you'll receive a small notification just to let you know that it's there and it means that you won't miss it. But that's for the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Have a totally smashing week. Bye for now.